Welcome to the Hope Revolution messages. You'll be able to find our sermon podcast at hoperevolution.church forward slash sermon, as well as all other podcast players. We hope you enjoy this message. As you would know if you were here last week, we are in week two of a series called Fighting the Good Fight. And Matt started last week talking about the fact that there's something actually worth fighting for and that we are in the battle. One of the things I'm going to be doing today is asking some questions and getting you guys just to chat to the person next to you about what you think about those questions. So if you're not sitting next to someone, do you want to move next to someone that you feel comfortable chatting to and praying with? Because you'll be doing that too. So this week, we're going to be talking about understanding temptation. And there's a reason why I put jelly slice next to it. If you were here the first Sunday of February when we had morning tea, I don't know if you noticed, but Jen and Beck made some really nice jelly slice. And I have pretty much made a decision that I'm going to limit the sugar and the carbs that I eat. It is much better when I do that. And so normally I don't even look at the morning tea table because There's very little things there that I don't want to eat, but there's very many things that I haven't decided that I probably shouldn't eat. But from a distance, I saw them. And so I thought, hmm, they look really good. And there's two things that when I was growing up, my mum made that I love. One being eclairs, that's probably on the top of the list. And the second thing being jelly slice. And not just any jelly slice, but what I would call red jelly slice, because you never know whether it's strawberry or raspberry, but it's red. If it was green, the temptation wouldn't have been that great. But because it was red, it did not take me very long to go, oh, there's jelly slice, it's red, I love it, and to walk up and to eat it. Literally within minutes of morning tea started, I ate a jelly slice. And I was quite pleased I did in one way because they went quite quickly. So I'm wondering if many of you also had the same idea that they look really nice, let's have some. Now, that is temptation, but that's not particularly the temptation that we're talking about today. But I thought it was a good way of describing, in one way, sort of the steps of temptation. I'd already made a decision that I didn't want to do something, but I saw something that tempted me. And so it didn't take me very much to convince myself that one piece of jelly slice is fine. It was very tasty and I enjoyed it. But what we're going to look at today is temptation and what the Bible says about it. So this is the first question I want you guys to talk about just for a few minutes. Why do we get tempted and where does it come from? So have a talk among yourself to the person nearby about why you think we get tempted. Now you can talk why you get tempted or you can talk just theoretically. And then where does it come from? And then we'll see what the Bible says. So let's have a look at what the Bible says about why do we get tempted and where does it come from. So in James 1, 3 to 15, it tells us this. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful action, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. 
So that tells us a few things. Where does it come from? It definitely doesn't come from God. So we can be really clear about that. Because it says, God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyway. And in this case, one of the reasons, or in terms of where does it come from, it comes from our own desires. So our own desires entice us and drag us away. And then in Matthew 6.13 it says, this is from the Lord's Prayer we said it just before, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And 1 Peter 5.8 says, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So why do we get tempted? We get tempted because we actually have our own desires that are not God's desires. But temptation does not come from God. It comes from our own desires and it actually comes from the evil one. Okay, next question to talk about. Is temptation sin? So have a discussion among yourselves. Do you think temptation is sin or not? Okay, so let's have a look and see what the Bible tells us about this question, is temptation sin? Matthew 26, 41 tells us, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And Hebrews 4.15 tells us, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So it really clearly says in this case that keep watching pray so that you do not give in to temptation and that we have a high priest, being Jesus, who is tempted in every way, but, or yet, he did not sin. And we see this from when Jesus was led into the desert and he was fasting and praying and he was tempted. So Jesus was tempted, and he was tempted by the devil, and this is just part of it. When Jesus was led into, by the Spirit, so he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted, and I love this part, and became very hungry. How surprising. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. I just want to point out a couple of things about this temptation part of Jesus. The first one was he was fasting for 40 days, so he was hungry. And so what was the very first thing that the devil tried to tempt him with? The desire that he had. Jesus had a desire for food, quite understandably. And so what does the devil say? Hey, if you're the son of God, like what's your identity here? Who are you? Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. It would be easy for anybody else to go, well, I am this. This is who I am. I am really hungry. Like having some bread would be really good right now. So temptation actually comes from desires that we have. If Jenny had put 
Anzac biscuits instead of jelly slice, I would not go near them because I don't like Anzac biscuits. There's no temptation for me whatsoever because I have no desire for Anzac biscuits. So temptation comes because of the things that we actually desire. And in this case, what did Jesus do? He used the word of God to counteract the temptation that he felt. So Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. So that clearly tells us that temptation is not a sin. But what I think it's really important to know is that temptation can lead to sin, but it is not sin in itself. And sometimes we can get the two mixed up and we can feel like the temptation itself is the point of no return. The fact that I'm like, oh, that jelly slice looks really nice. That is not the point of sin. And me eating jelly slice, I don't actually think that's sin. I was just using it as an example. So temptation is not sin, but it's temptation that can very easily lead us to sin. Like what actually is sin, I think is really important to know in all of this. So if temptation isn't sin, what is sin? And my really easy definition, because this is not understanding sin, this is understanding temptation, so we're not going to go deep. But really simply, sin is going the opposite way to what God wants you to, or not doing things the way God wants you to. That can be in the way that I talk to someone. That can be in my thought life. That can be in the way that I act. So anything that is not how God wants it to be, that we actually do, if we're not doing what God wants us to do, then that is sin. And this is how serious, when Jesus was at earth, he took sin and knew that it was for us. Because this is what he says in Matthew 5, 29 to 30. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your strongest hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. I think sometimes we don't see the weight of sin. Partly because we know we're forgiven. Jesus dealt with it also. But Paul makes it really clear. Paul says, should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? In Romans, there's no way. We want to try and sin as least as possible. We are never going to be perfect until we get to heaven. And that's why Jesus came, because we can't. But that doesn't mean we throw our hands up and say, oh, it doesn't really matter. Because sin is serious. Not doing things the way that God wants us to do it is serious. Even if you think, oh, it's nothing because it doesn't hurt anybody, it hurts God. And not only that, but if we're not doing what God wants us to do, we're not doing what's best for us. And Jesus said it's better to cut off your hand, to gouge out your eye, to never be able to see or like pick up things well than to give in to sin. So we're talking about something really serious here. If temptation can lead us to sin, then we should take the temptation part seriously because of what it can lead us to. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13 gives us a whole heap of hope when it comes to temptation. And it starts like this. 
if you think you're standing strong, so you think you've got it all together and you're not really tempted, be careful not to fall. That's the first thing. Because sometimes we can think we're doing well and we're not really paying attention and then something comes along and we're like, oh, I've just actually done something that God didn't want me to do. And it came so easily. The temptation in your life are no different from what other people experience. Because that's a lie that the devil likes us to tell us. Oh, it's easier for everybody else. It's just so much harder for you. But this tells us it's no different from what other people experience, partly because God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you attempt it, he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. So this is the hope that we have, that when temptation comes, God will give us a way out so that we can actually stand and not fall when temptation comes. So what we're going to do is have a look at what are some practical things we can actually do that can help us when temptation comes. And the first thing is, is something before temptation comes, and that is make a decision beforehand. Right now, right here, when there's no, well, there might be temptation here right now, when you're not feeling tempted, decide who you were following before temptation comes. Joshua says, but if you're serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day who you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So when it comes to temptation, deciding who you are and deciding who you're following before temptation hits makes it so much easier when that temptation came. I may have said this before, but I was in church pretty much when I was less than a week old. That's how often I've been in church. And my parents, for my whole life, have been very strong Christians. And I have lived since I was sort of nine as someone who wanted to follow Jesus. And so long before I ever had a boyfriend, I read the Bible and I heard that the Bible actually says the best way, God's way, is to not have sex before marriage. So I made a decision before I was even dating anybody, when I was really too young to even consider whether I was going to get married or not, I made a decision that that's what I was going to do, that I wasn't going to have sex before I get married. So then when I meet someone and started dating him, it wasn't like there wasn't any temptation or any interest. It was I already decided that that was what I was going to do. So I wasn't making a choice in the moment of temptation. I'd already decided that that's who I was, that's what God said, and I was going to follow his way. And that's just one example of how making a decision earlier can make it easier when that temptation came. It doesn't mean that we don't always follow what we say we're going to follow, but making a decision, who are you following, what are you doing, makes it so much easier when you find that temptation before you. The next thing is, is to be proactive. See it coming and see it for what it is. If we can see temptation is coming before we even get there, then we can actually think about what we're going to do when we find ourselves in that situation. Proverbs 22.3 says, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions, but a simpleton 
I like that word, goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So I had a heads up this morning and knew that there was going to be morning tea. So I decided beforehand I'm not going to eat morning tea, even though it's still nice. But if you know that you are tempted by something and you are putting yourself in a situation where that temptation may come, put things in place and think about how you're going to be able to stand up against the temptation. If your temptation is looking at pretty girls and you're going to the beach, be aware that there could be some girls wearing clothes that are less than normal. If you get really angry when you're around your family and you're really like family gatherings just does something to you and you're going to a family gathering, make a decision as to how you're going to act and be proactive in putting things in place so that you cannot give in to that temptation of anger. There's lots of times if we know that something's coming up and we know that it's a temptation for us, that we can actually be proactive. Talk to someone and say, hey, I'm really struggling in this temptation. Can you help me to not go into that chocolate shop, to not like have long conversations with that person? Like whatever you need to do, we can actually be proactive and take precautions because sin is serious enough to do it. And if temptation leads to sin, then not being tempted or not giving into the temptation means that we're not sinning. This is the big one. Come before God. Move your thinking about the temptation to thinking about God. That's what Jesus did with all of the things he was tempted on. He always brought it back to scripture. He, like the devil said, oh, this is what's going on. And Jesus came back and said, oh, but God says... Romans 13, 14 says, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. In other places in the Bible, it tells us to think about whatever is true and whatever is right and whatever is noble, whatever is good, to think about these things because it's our thought life that can sometimes mean that we're tempted to do things before we've actually actioned anything. So if we can take our thoughts captive, another Bible verse, and make ourselves aware that, oh, hang on, I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to think about what God wants me to do in this situation. Then we can walk in God's presence like Heather talked to us about a number of weeks ago, actually walk in the presence of God and not just come into the presence of God. Then it's easier for us to not give in to temptation because of what we're thinking about is what God wants and not the desires that we have or not what Satan is trying to remind us to do. And the last one in this one is to actually celebrate the victory. So when the battle's been won, praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 47 says, But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you are tempted and you do not give in, don't just see it as nothing. That's fantastic. That is the Holy Spirit working in your life and is worth celebrating. So tell someone, or at least tell yourself and tell God, I am so pleased that I did not give in to that temptation that was before me. Thank you, God, for giving me the strength I need. This verse in Corinthians says that God, um, I'm going to read it again. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. 
The temptation in your life are no different from what other people experience, but God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than what you can stand. So if you ever say to yourself, I have no choice. I just had to give in to that temptation. That's actually not biblical because it says that God will not be tempted beyond what you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out. So look for it. Ask him for it. And if you do fall into temptation, do a review and say, God, where did, what did I miss? What can I do better next time? Be proactive and go, okay, if I'm in that same situation, where's the out? But there's a few words missing from this verse that we read before. Does anybody know what the few words are? Not Matt because he saw my slide before. It's the very last bit of verse 13. So that you can endure. We sometimes stop, when people repeat this verse, we sometimes stop at, when you are tempted, he will show me a way out. Fantastic. That means the temp- I won't be tempted anymore. The temptation will be, should be gone. But the verse doesn't say that. He says, when you are tempted, he being God will show you a way out so you can endure. And endure is sometimes not a nice word because it means the temptation is still there, but we can move and not sin in that temptation. Not that the temptation, like the temptation may disappear sometimes. God can do that also. But he tells us that when you're tempted, you will not be tempted more than you can stand. He will show you a way out so you can endure. And so sometimes it's painful not to give in to temptation. It requires sacrifice. It requires painful decisions sometimes because we have desire for things. You may have a desire to be loved. And you might think the way for me to be loved is to actually just always say yes to everybody, always please people. And then there comes a time where you are tempted to say yes to things to please someone that is not what God has for you. And so you're going to have to endure that person maybe being annoyed at you because you're doing what God wants. But there's always a way out. Jesus said to his disciples when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying and was really um, saying, hey, God, there's any other way than for me to die. Can we do that? And this is what he says to his disciples. Keep watch and pray so that you do not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And so when it comes to temptation, I want us to remember that actually it's not sin. And so when you feel tempted, that is not the place to bash yourself up and to feel like you're the worst person ever because you're being tempted. It's what we do when we're being tempted that leads it into temptation or delivers us from that temptation. So make a decision. Be proactive. Come into the presence of God and then celebrate the victory when you actually don't give in to the temptation that's before you. Because the spirit is willing, but surely our flesh so often wants things that are not pleasing to God. And not only our desires, but Satan's really good when we're tired, when our guards are down, when we're not keeping watch, to bring something that you thought wasn't a temptation and all of a sudden it becomes one again. Because 
Satan loves us to not do what God wants. And so let's be people who understand in the battle that we face, temptation is actually a key to what could come. And let's see if there's something that we can go, oh, I'm being tempted. Now I have some choice. I see temptation for what it is. And because of that, I don't have to just give in and feel like I've got no choice, but I can remember God's provided a way out. There's a way for me to endure it. What is that way? And let me do that. And what I want us to do now is to do what Jesus asked the disciples to do, is to pray that you are not given to temptation. And so I want us to pray for each other. So just pray in your group for each person and just pray that, hey, we will be people that this week will make a decision right here and right now that I'm not going to give in to temptation. And if there's something that comes to mind this week where you know you're heading into a situation where you could be tempted to do something that is not of God, be proactive about it. Don't go into that situation. Or if you have to, put things in place, knowing the Holy Spirit is there to lead and to guide you, not into temptation, but to actually deliver you from it. So let's pray for each other. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or feedback, please email us at hello at hoperevolution.church.